1: That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, <laughs> get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, dot com slash ifanboy. <laughs> You are listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 211, sponsored by Evangelion from Funimation. Drawer boxes from CollectionDrawer.com, discount comic book service, and Audible.com. Visit AudiblePodcast.com slash iFanboy for a free audiobook download. This flight is oversold.
0: There.
1: I don't know why he's not like a crazy old hillbilly uncle This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast episode 211 I am Josh and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick Hello And over to my right, my extreme right Is Ron Richards <laughs> Hello sir I don't know, I haven't checked that fact I don't know, maybe on the left uh, iFanboy.com is our website We made it, all by ourselves So everybody else and we like comics, which is why we made it. So that's that's the only reason. So There's no weird thing. So I don't want to hear your accusations. I don't. I'm in a weird place tonight. Every <laughs> week we read a bunch of comics, and then one of us uh, picks the one that they like best, and then we spend a week explaining what that means again. <laughs> and we call that the pick of the week. Uh, that person writes a uh, post about it, and and then we record a podcast about it where we talk about it here, and then we talk about all sorts of other things too.
2: Yes. And also on the show, we're going to be talking, you want to stay tuned till the end of the show. If you're a fan of Star Wars, you're going to to keep on listening. If you're a fan of uh, DC Comics artist Mike Norton, you're going to want to stay tuned. So uh, listen to the show, listen to us babble, and at the end of it, uh, we got some exciting stuff to tell you about.
1: Ron, before we keep going, I'm a fan of both of those things. So you should stay tuned. Just tell me now. No (laughs) one's... Anyway, the other thing that's going to happen in the show is that we're going to talk about what happens in your favorite books, and we will ruin them for you. Wait, we're not going to do that on purpose. Is what I mean. Is that it's spoilers? That was the warning. So I'm trying to switch it up. You know, trying to working out well. Yeah, it's working out great. Yeah, (laughs) we're we're running an hour late. I'm getting punchy. Hey,
0: Connor. Yeah. You. You got. You got the pick. Well, before I get to that, I want to mention this is a this is gonna, this is a jam-packed show, so we're going to run a little bit longer than usual. So
1: don't just shut it off in fifty-five minutes. Yeah,
0: I got nothing left for me.
2: <laughs> no, it's going to be a long one, folks.
0: Yeah, a lot to talk about. My pick of the week this week was the Flash Rebirth number five, which originally was supposed to be the last issue, until they added another one in the middle. <laughs> It's their prerogative. <laughs> so it's their choice. I'm not holding I them to I think when that.
1: something is dragging behind by months and months and months, it's best to make it longer.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, no. When, when you're don't, waiting to introduce
1: a major character into the universe, sure. Don't, don't unplug the life support. We can
0: let, Let's let this go for a while. No, that's a bad analogy. Go ahead. Flash Rebirth number five was, I think, the best issue since the first issue, mostly because... This issue has been reintroducing Barry Allen to the DC Universe much the same way that Green Lantern Rebirth was reintroducing Hal Jordan to the DC Universe. And the one thing we haven't really had up until this point was any idea of what that world was going to be like once Barry was back. We're in the middle of the story, but he's not really back because he's in the middle of doing, you know, fighting the Professor Zoom or the Reverse Flash. And we've seen him in Blackest Night, but that's really in the midst of that crisis. But we don't really know what life is going to be like with Barry Allen back in the DCU. And this is the first issue where we really have an indication of what we're in for, hopefully. I mean, we still have one issue to go. Everyone could die. It all could change. But <laughs> this, is the fir- this is the first issue where we really have a sense of what Jeff Johns is, is laying out for us for the future, for the Flash series that he's going to be writing with Francis Manipal and Art. And what he's laying out is exciting and good, especially if you're an old school Flash fan or at least old school enough to be reading Flash in the late 90s, early 2000s when um, Mark Wade and, and then Jeff Johns was writing the book. He's really returning a lot of, to a lot of the roots, which is interesting because it was a do- totally different Flash. But here we have basically the return of the Flash family, which is something we haven't had in a long time. And I loved the Flash family when I was reading it. I know Ron loved the Flash family when he was yep. reading it. We actually read this together. We sat on the couch. <laughs> we held hands. We held hands. <laughs> we, we kicked our legs off the end of the couch. <laughs> we had some juice. And we read the Flash together. <laughs> um, actually, he was over at my house on Wednesday. I read it and then I gave it to him and he read it and we talked about it after. Yeah, that's what we do. And we both were excited for the return of the Flash family, and that means not just Barry Allen, but not just Wally West, not just Bart Allen, who is now Kid Flash, but also Max Mercury back from the dead, also Jay Garrick, and also, which it looks like... They've turned Liberty Bell into Jesse Quick again. No, I, can't, oh! I couldn't tell. I
2: couldn't tell if they did that. I, I think they did that just for this fight. I don't think that's a permanent yeah, change. Yeah, I'm hoping. I like yeah. her
0: better as Liberty Bell. I totally agree. Yes. Yeah, and I'm yeah. hoping she goes back to being Liberty Bell for the purposes of this fight against the Reverse Flash. She's wearing a version of her. Dad, Je- yeah, c- Johnny c- costume. yeah c-
2: considering that Zoom, you know, had you know, like, it, you know, basically is responsible for keeping John, you know, Johnny Quick in the Speed Force or killing him in the Speed Force or whatever. This makes sense that she'll want revenge. So, like, it's an homage to that. But I bet you she goes back to Liberty
0: Bell. I'm hoping because I love that yeah. Liberty Bell costume. Yeah, and it, it's yeah. always a shame when you have <laughs> a full bodied costume on a on a woman changed to showing one more cleavage and more skin. Yeah. Isn't the, the Liberty Bell costume's got the Jod purse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Although they didn't draw him that way in this in this
1: one, which yeah. I think is a mistake. Yeah. She should go back to Jod purse. <laughs> Is that the correct word? I don't know. I want it to be the correct word. <laughs> like like directors used to wear in olden days. Yeah,
2: yeah, like those Yes, those, yes yeah, those big pants. Those pants uh, that yeah. plume out at the thigh. Yeah.
1: Also also Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, it's good enough for the Third Reich. It's good enough for Liberty Bell.
0: <laughs> Hugo Boss designed all their best stuff. Wow, we're not even ten minutes into the show we're just gonna- it's just gonna be a good one. Nope, you um, don't want to run late. <laughs> I gotta entertain myself. Something else that's happened this in, in the in the first issue we we learned that Barry's mother was killed and his father was arrested and put in jail for it. And it's something that never happened before. That was a new element. What? This is a retcon. It's new so element angry. to the story that people freaked out about. And as <laughs> and as Josh and I learned when we hung out with Jeff that time we interviewed him, he loves to set up false expectations for the fans and then fix them at the end. Yep. He lo- he really gets a kick out of the fans freaking out in the first two issues when they think everything is going wrong and then fix it by the end. We haven't really seen much about the murder until this issue, and what we found out here is that Professor Zoom went back in time and killed the mother and framed the father, which is his own way of actually retconning the story in the story. The original history that Barry remembered was his parents being alive, and suddenly he's remembering his mom being dead and his father being responsible, and his old memory is fading away because Professor Jim went back in time and, and changed that. And then we find out he's, he's gone back in time and screwed up his life at many points, and then at the end of the issue he goes, he's going to go off and he's going to stop Iris and Barry from getting together. He, and she's going He's going to forget about her and have no choice in the matter. Yeah. I liked that we came back full circle to the first issue. The things that people complain about not making sense now make sense. And I like, at the end of this issue, you have a supremely pissed off Barry Allen, which was shocking to me. And I like the determination in Barry Allen right now. He has a reason for really being angry, and he is. And I'm just really enjoying this portrayal of Barry Allen. I'm really enjoying the return of the Flash family. I'm really enjoying the entire construction of the series. The Ethan Skyver art is almost worth the wait.
1: That almost is a key word for me, by the way.
0: Yeah. I I don't think it's that good. There's some fantastic pages in here. And then there's some other pages that aren't as quite well, as fantastic. Well,
2: it's funny that you equate the the art. Okay, we're assuming the art is the delay. Um, no, I, but, I, I don't yeah. know that it's not. But, I'm just
0: saying we had to wait for it anyway. Right? I yeah. But
2: I, and the thing is, I wouldn't say the art is almost worth the wait. But I, I, for me personally, the story was definitely worth the wait. I mean, this yes. was this was my pick of the week, hands down, too. And not only you know for all the reasons that you said, but you know, but also because you had just great bad like badass moments for the entire Flash family. You had like in the beginning when Jay Garrick throws his hat and does the Sonic Bomb. Which is like you know a little Jay Garrick action, you know, and then and then you know the like you said the the whole thing with the costumes, which we'll get. We're not part. even mentioning the best
0: yeah. part of this issue. Well, Ron, yeah, exactly. Which yeah, girl which, power?
2: No, no. Before girl oh, power is it. that is oh. that he um, Jeff did what he promised that <laughs> that he, he. It's funny because he did an in store in San Francisco at the Isotope, and I asked him, and I was like, you, you know, Flash rebirth is starting. I'm like, what are you going to do about the kids? You no, know, I'm like, I'm like, are the kids gonna? Are they, you can kill the kids? He's like, no, I'm not gonna kill them. And I was like, so you're not gonna kill the kids? So they're gonna stick around? He's like, yeah. I'm like, so, but how are you gonna do? And he just grinned. And he's like, don't worry, I'll fix it. And
0: <laughs> by God, he did. He totally did.
1: Uh, I was disappointed he didn't kill him.
2: Well, I want
0: everyone <laughs> wants them dead, but we know yes. they're not gonna kill the kids. So yeah, what, what else know. can they do but but take the boys' creepy powers away from him? Yep. And make the girl into the new Impulse, which I was fine with. Which is great. I'm fine with that, too, and her new costume doesn't look as creepy. No, her new yeah. costume is the old Impulse
2: costume. So it's I know that, but if boost. you look,
1: there's a page where she has, like, she's in her old costume. It's the girl power page. Yeah. And she looks really creepy in it. Well,
2: yeah, it's like, it's like pseudo-future like, costume.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. but it's because like, it's she's like a little girl and it's all skin tight, and I'm just yeah. like, I don't know, this is yeah. weird. So the, the Impulse costume of plays that down a little, I guess. Yeah. But um, um, so it's
2: better. And, and then we also get Wally, Wally West's new costume, which honestly, like, it's not that far off from what it previously was and the direction it was going when – Johns was on the book in the '90s. It's the darker red. It actually, uh, Connor, when we were reading the book on, on Wednesday, it reminded me of the TV show costume. Actually, yeah. the color. You yeah. know, the biggest difference is just in the in the in the mask, where as opposed to going with the the eye, the kind of triangles that Wally's had for the past couple of years, and Homage to Barry they've given him more. Like you said in your review, more like a Batman kind of cowl. Like he's, he's got, got a nose now. Yeah. Yeah. Why
1: doesn't he? Why doesn't he have pupils? Because if we've learned nothing else, it's that if a, if a dude doesn't have pupils, he's bad news.
2: And he also has the wings by his ears that are the Wally ears, as well as the the uh, the belt is the Wally belt that's always been. You know, what I mean, so it's it's still you know it's not that far. I was afraid. I he was think gonna I was go way expecting far something
0: different. I was expecting yeah, more of a change. Yeah. yeah, which
1: is good. But no, I'm serious. Why doesn't he have pupils? Is he that didn't
0: a have thing? pupils. He didn't have pupils. Previously. He didn't have pupils for the longest time. Yeah. Until okay. yeah. That was most of his time as Flash. He didn't have pupils.
2: Yeah. Nor Mike. When he
0: changed, his changed his costume in Flash Fifty. Yeah. From uh-huh. the old Barry costume to a new Wally costume, and that's when he went all pupilless. Yeah. Um, that's uh, when he start
2: when he started ta- when he started tapping into the speed force uh, for his costume too. That's when he there was a lot a lot more you know kind of subtle costume changes like going to the white pupils and do you remember the dark do you remember the the flash the um, black flash not black flash not flash but, but the darker that. red flash with the metal lightning yeah. bolt yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah this kind of reminded me of that one too mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking when I saw yeah. it but yeah. it's
1: good because you can actually instantly recognize it the bolt is different yep. and the belt is uh, is instantly recognizable as before when it was thin it wasn't yep yep. It kind of works. I guess that that kind of works. I yeah. I did think that the I think probably my least favorite part of the whole issue was the everyone stick close and form a picture of your uniform in your mind. And I was like, so that makes it.
0: I don't know. I was just like, that's that's how he did it. he did it in the Speed Force. Yeah. Was, I get it. That, yeah.
2: Well, I got to tell you, I mean, like it's and it's funny as a Flash fan that the, those three pages, like that mm-hmm. page where they're all running and then they're you know they're they're kind of grouping up and then the bottom of it where they're all silhouetted around the lightning. And then mm-hmm. when Wally said that, I, I knew when he said, I learned a little trick with the Speed Force, I knew exactly where I was going. And I turned the page. And like you said, that shot of the Flash family, Connor, that, that yep. like I bought those PVCs in 2002 of the Flash family, I loved it, you know, like and this is exactly it. It's they're all here. And that's, that's what I loved about this book in the early 2000s. And so it was great to see it back.
0: I'm so, glad Max Mercury's back. I probably, I'm yeah. probably the most excited for that. Yeah. I liked him a lot when he was a supporting cast yeah, member, he was a great mentor. Yeah. He's a hairy chest and he does. a, a he's, big he's, fly he's collar. He's manly. He's
1: yeah. old school manly. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Tom
2: Selleck. <laughs> that, that collar is not aerodynamic. No, no it's not. He's the Zen master of speed, so it doesn't need to be aerodynamic. It's all Zen. It's, uh, as long as what sort good. of
1: fabric does he use to keep it up?
0: <laughs>
2: I don't know.
1: Oh, he's a lure. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. probably velour. Yeah, with with the chest hair, probably. Yeah, Yeah, I'm guessing he's very. The thing is that he creates a lot of static with that velour, so you can't touch him after he's been running there. You get a nasty zap. There
0: you go. This is turning out to be one of my favorite minis of the year probably when it's finished unless it goes off the rails completely it'll be up there with Joe Cobra is probably the best mini of the year for me.
2: Yeah, I mean uh, I mean it goes back to what I was saying is that you know like the the delay has sucked but this issue made it worth it and I'd like to I'd, I'd like it to wrap up. It would be nice if we could For me the delay it. is only yeah.
0: only a in terms of get it's slowing everything else down. Yeah, yeah. You know like you want to be able to get into the world now with the flash and you want yeah. to be able to get to the, the regular series but you can't till this is all over with and hopefully Hopefully the next issue is out next month, and then we can start. Oh, two thousand ten. Well, know, yeah, so.
2: especially considering that Manipole, uh, You know, like what, what did I say when I picked up Adventure Comics, which we're going to talk about a little bit? But I'm like, where's Francis yep. Manipole? I was like, yeah, I was like, I want Francis Manipole. So,
0: so, you can't draw everything. I want him to. Yeah. <laughs> I totally. Oh, I we're going to get to off. that book in a bit. Yeah. Let's 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 stick to the format, people. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, but I, I gr- love I gr- this issue. It was great. It was, and I love the cover too. We should mention the. Cover. Cover, which was a play on the the old Jay Garrick Barry Allen cover, with them saving the guy from a beam falling on him. Was and that, here,
2: that in, was that in Flash or in Showcase? Uh, I, I believe Show- it was. I don't know.
0: What oh. am I answering for? I, I don't know. nothing. Know that. But in this, in, that. on this cover, Reverse Flash has gone back in time and beaten up Jay way back and punches Barry. So of course the guy is flattened by the beam in the in the foreground. I really like that a lot. It was yeah, a nice which cover. is great. Apparently Jeff John's on some kind of award. Yeah,
2: apparently that's what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> right there
0: on the cover. Apparently
2: Stan Lee was at those awards. Uh, interesting it was in The Flash it was in Flash 123 that's the issue yeah I used to know that by heart okay the
0: only other book that gave The Flash a run for its money was Punisher number 11 from Rick Remender and Tony Moore so you liked it I I, it was insane and (laughs) I don't I liked it for its insanity (laughs) I don't know much beyond that I, 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 that would have been my entire review.
2: Yeah, I, I mean I was I thought I thought my guess if I had to like guess what you guys would have thought of this issue was I was gonna guess that you love the art because it's Tony Moore wonderfulness, but that you were gonna hate the story because it was so insane and so out there. But I, I didn't hate the story, I just yeah. didn't know
0: what to make of it. Yeah. I liked it for its insanity. I don't yeah. know that I liked it for its story. Yeah. I appreciated the audaciousness of doing the story, and I liked I love the art, obviously. But yeah. well,
2: uh, what it was what, crazy. what I liked about it was that it was just it's just a completely Unexpected! I would never, in a million years, think of this turn for the, this character. You know, yes, like and yes. And, the, and then the, there's the greater question: is that is that okay? He can't really stay like this. So so for you know spoiling it to you know so the the Punisher, Dark Reign, the list ended with Wolverine hacking up the the Punisher and Frank Castle getting you know basically died and his you know they go the Hammer agents go after to pick up the pieces and little moloids, mole man people, the little yellow guys with the little slit eyes have have. Picked up the pieces of the Punisher and brought them to Man Thing, who then teleported them to Monster Island, where Morbius basically turned the Punisher into Frankenstein. And yeah. there's a big. You
1: just explained it a hell of a lot better than I understood it when I was reading it.
2: Oh, really? Okay.
1: A little bit, like the teleportation. I didn't. I don't. I don't well, know that's from just what I know about Man
2: Thing. I mean, that. Yeah. Right. That, yeah, that, yeah. That's. So yeah. that's um, a thing. Then obviously um, a Man Thing. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so and and apparently there's a, a skirmish going on on Monster Island, and and Morbius
0: and with the other, Japanese assassins. Yeah, the um, monster fighting assassins. Like I like yeah. all the concepts around. it. I just don't. Yeah,
2: Monster Special Force, Hunter yeah. of Monster Special Forces, go. And yeah, so they they want the Punisher to help lead them because they need somebody with military strategy or whatever because they're they're being uh, wiped out by this the, by this force and the monsters aren't safe. I would not have predicted that, but now the Punisher is Frankenstein, and can he stay like that?
0: You know, but... he's, sort of, he's sort of
2: robot Frankenstein. Yeah. Did you like that when he re- when the the reveal when he looked at himself in the mirror and he's got a six gun on his, on his
0: belt? <laughs> it's like it's crazy. I mean, yeah. that's that's that, it was a crazy issue. Every page, almost, I, I was reading, going, wow, that's that's crazy. Like, yeah. That's my reaction to it. I don't really have much more beyond yeah. on that. I like Morbius as crazy scientist guy. You know, it's a,
2: that's a different turn for Morbius. Who's always been the, the vampire. You know, yeah. kind of more that black with the red wings type thing,
0: but they they gave him a white lab coat. And he, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really funny. I mean, that yeah. that was one thing. But I can't I can't even imagine what hardcore Punisher fans thought of this issue. Oh, yeah. if I was like if
2: Punisher was my guy, I'd be shitting a brick right now. I would be so pissed off and hating Remender for this. I think
1: that's the challenge for this issue is that you have to figure out how what's for uh, not not no and not even as the people who are making it, but as a reader, like you've got to make decisions about what's important to you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I was reading this and I was just thinking, I don't know what I think about this. I mean, like, in a perfect world, it's cool. Just, take, just stop worrying about everything You read it for what it is. But I was like, but it actually still does have to work within the confines of everything. It's, it's yeah. just it's interesting. It, it led to a lot of thinking about what it is. Yeah. So eventually you just have to go, I don't, I don't know. That's goofy looking. And then decide <laughs> if you want to like that or not.
0: <laughs> no, I, I think when it's all said and done, it'll be a really fun storyline. Um, and that's probably be the most. That's the most important thing about it. But it's just bizarre right now.
1: Gonna have to take some shoehorning to get back to the status quo, though. Yeah, that's
0: for sure. I mean,
1: <laughs> you thought Brew was in trouble at the end of Bendis' Daredevil run. I mean, <laughs> anyway, here you go. Goodbye, Paul Cornell. What? <laughs>
2: He's Frankenstein. <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't think Paul Cornell's going to end
0: up on the Punisher. No, yeah. <laughs> Although do. that would be weird.
2: <laughs> it's a delightful character.
0: Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is what is also really oddly delightful is irredeemable number eight i thought of two things while reading this issue one mark wade keeps sort of plumbing new depths of depravity in this issue but only but in very subtle ways it's not shock value no like. but it's it's very psychological and it's very subtle and two i don't know how this long this series goes it's ongoing mm-hmm. you're right i understand about how long can you take this yeah. yeah that's that was my my question this issue yeah like it's it's sort of Fits more of the twelve issue structure for the mighty, isn't it? It's it's got to be a. Well, did you
2: see the teaser for the ne- for the incorruptible?
0: Yeah, it's bad guy gone good. But yeah. well, the
1: thing is, it's not. The thing is titled Irredeemable, so it's not. It's not like it's named after the Plutonian. Yeah. So theoretically, you know, they can take care of him, and then just have more stories in that world if they want to. Yeah. Sure. Um, I guess that's how you keep it going because you're right. You can't keep the Plutonian story going forever. Right, it's it would get very old.
0: Yeah, so hasn't yet, though. but yeah, no, I really, no, I, yet. that's I, just I, what I thought. Then this issue was: how long can this go? Or but, how, where are they going with this? Because it can't. Eventually, he's gonna die, or he's gonna kill everybody.
2: No, but uh, mm-hmm. but I like but, but I really you know, true. I guess that to that point, but I really like this issue because this issue for the first time, and I mean, what number is this? I got the variant, so I don't have the issue number in front of me. Eight. No, uh, oh, it's eight. a great issue. I gave it a five. Yeah, it was a great yeah it's a great issue, issue. And, and like for the first time, we see he's vulnerable, and it's not you know because what I was worried about is like all right, he's plowing through everybody. How is there going to be any progress?
1: It's a great answer to that, which is the the other the, the I don't know anybody's name in this book, uh, the twin guy. Yeah, he the, was great. Know, the, and, and he'd been hiding all the power he had, and you just yeah. seen somebody kick his ass, and it was incredibly cathartic. Yeah, I think to read this book and see that happen uh, for me, I really think that one of the things that stood out to me as I was reading this is I, I just thought that uh, Peter Krause is—it was a really good showing for him. Yeah. I thought this is the best art uh, so far. It,
2: it reminded me; it got a little Brett Anderson towards the, during the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I can um, see that, which is good. I mean, which is great. I, I, I and yeah, I, I think Krause is really or Krause, i don't know if does he pronounce it like that, the actor. I had no idea. Um, I think the art's really gotten strong, stronger as each issue has gone along. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, it,
1: that, it's like if you look at the faces in this throughout the whole thing, the acting is really strong. That's what stood out to me.
2: I, I just feel yeah. like every issue, I'm, I finish it, and I go, that's the best issue this the run so far. That was the best issue so far. You know, mm-hmm. like each one is building on the one before it.
1: It's easily, easily, uh, Mark Wade's best stuff in years and years.
0: Yeah, yeah. he's finally back after <laughs> <They're> Fifty Two. Yeah, <laughs> broke him into little pieces. <laughs> And they put those pieces in a blender, and then somebody drank them. <laughs> oh, God. That's gruesome. And,
1: and then they were flushed. <laughs> and then lost and separated for years.
0: <laughs> On Monster Island. On Monster Island. <laughs> and
1: reformed into an angry undead beast thing.
0: <laughs> Editor. That sounds a lot like Hellblazer.
1: Well, it's funny you should mention that. <laughs> Hellblazer number 261. This is Pete Milligan's, Peter Milligan's first part of the India storyline, uh, which takes place, anyone want to guess?
0: South of France, close South America,
1: India. Actually, oh, okay.
0: uh, oh. the overall storyline
1: that's been going on since Pete Milligan came on. By the way, I've hated everything the guy's ever written. Okay, hated's probably too strong. i really it's not my thing. You had you had, you had, liked,
2: you had, you had troubles with what he's written. You, I didn't, didn't
1: really, like. Yeah. I've not enjoyed Pete Milligan's work, but I've liked every issue we've done of Hellblazer. I was sort of dreading it, and it sort of kept up. I was very happy with with uh, Andy Diggle on it, and I'm very happy with him on it. So, uh, if you were thinking maybe you'd want to try this out, this is not a bad place to jump on. Basically, Sometimes it's the
0: you know the pairing of the person with the right property in the right time. Totally. And that's just the way it goes. Right. Yeah.
1: If you've been thinking about it, this is a good time. Basically, all you need to know is that he had a girlfriend, and his shenanigans got her killed. Also, if you know anything about John Constantine, he gets everybody close to him killed. That's the story. That's, that's the it. Thing. So. That's his thing. Everybody except for Chaz, the cab driver, his friend. Uh, He goes to India because his challenge is that he's supposed to make him – in order to resurrect her, he has to become purified, and and everyone laughs at him. You can't do that. You're a filthy, awful person. Um, And then while he's there, there's some other demonic shenanigans. So They're killing young girls uh, for some purpose or other. But it's neat because it takes place in India, so there's all this – Stuff about you know the colonialism and, the, and like the aftermath of the colonialism of the British in India and, and this little bits of, of Indian culture. And it's it actually reads – I've never been to India, but it feels like it reads fairly true and sort of fake gurus and stuff like that. Really nice. It, the standout for me of this is Giuseppe Coley's art. Uh, he was the artist when I picked Hellblazer as a pick of the week a year or so back um and you'll see him around he's one of those guys he's not going to become a fan favorite probably but he is going to be one of those guys that you'll hear artists talk about and you'll hear editors really like and things like that he just he does really really nice work it's a gorgeous book just pick it up and flip through it if you you know if you like the kind of art that i like i guess really beautiful art
2: do they break out into song and dance on train platforms
1: they might, although there are – it's like there's a girl who's trying to break into the movies and one of the people who's serving the demon is like, a, is like, an, is like an agent for movies. And so yeah. he, he brings the girls and it's like they're kind of casting
2: couch and then the demon feasts on them. Oh, interesting. interesting. Well, it's, it's, it's different in Bollywood as, than Hollywood. It's, it's you know the awesome. same concepts but a little different. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, the, the trick on this is that it's a girl who's really pretty and she's not Indian. She's ah. trying to pretend that she's Indian to get into Bollywood movies, sort of say how yeah. big it's all getting as yeah. an industry. Which is kind of cool. And there's, there's literally like a beleaguered Indian cop. There's like a, a turn on that stereotype in this.
2: Well, wow, uh, everything's pretty much the same around the world, just slightly different. A he's different the
1: lines. only good cop in Mumbai. <laughs>
2: does he have a rumble soup? <laughs> that's, that's not a joke. That,
1: that writes itself. Yeah, it does. It really does. Uh, yeah. I'm getting too old for this shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> As he gets in his little three-wheeled cart, you know, like... <laughs> Oh, man.
1: oh No, I've run into a giant open sewer.
0: That's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh man! Does, does he have a crazy happen? suicidal partner who just out of Vietnam? <laughs> it was diplomatic immunity <laughs> <laughs>
1: revoked. The only thing that I remember about any of the Lethal Weapon movies, other than Joe Pesci, is is diplomatic immunity. And every <laughs> no. time that I lived in Los Angeles, that I would drive past the hills, and you'd see one of those houses on stilts, I would say oh. diplomatic immunity. It's <laughs> great that's, movies. Yeah, yeah. You should reacquaint oh, yourself with them. You swing a truck down on <laughs> from a bridge onto an anchor. That's pretty it's pretty awesome. Re- it's retarded. <laughs> was was that two? Situation. That was two, right?
0: Hmm? That was that was lethal. Two, up two. two was
2: the South South African one when when community was two. Yeah, yeah. But you're black. It was three. When, when three Danny Glover one? wanted to move to South Africa. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: apparently
0: there was a fourth one. Yeah. I don't. It's horrible. Was that with Chris Rock? Was Chris Rock uh, three yes. or four? Four. Oh, oh, yeah. I never saw. I saw it. The I never saw four. Or, I never saw that. yeah, and that's why gently, was, gently, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, not so good, not so good. That's just that's
1: just throwing stuff in a blender.
0: Yeah, yep. that's the, everything, that's the everything that was hot at that moment. You, you know what's in.
2: fascinating about that is that Mel Gibson basically that character was like he was co- crazy cop. He was playing crazy, and then he, he went crazy. really crazy, and nobody <laughs> liked it. <laughs> <You>
1: know, like <laughs> that's because his his crazy was mixed with a a healthy dose of racism, <laughs> and I think that that. Is really the key component into lovable or unlovable crazy. If you'll note, people really like Kramer,
0: but they don't like
1: Hitler.
2: Poor Michael Richards. There you go. Oh, you- that's what I. Oh, yeah, I ruined my
1: own joke. I uh, would have tied together much better. That's why you write material ahead of time. All right the raw feed speaking of raw feeds oh. in, in no way does that make sense invincible number 68 <laughs> came out we've got ryan otley back on this awesome. apparently from what i hear ryan otley has decided to stop sleeping
2: <laughs> Really? Um, as
1: a man's output yeah
2: this was a truly gr- this is a great issue
1: great great issue this might have been my pick of the week this I was like this was
2: like old school classic awesome invincible
1: yeah, it was. it was. It was all the stuff that you really like about Invincible. Yeah. I got to that second page. You just see all these word balloons. You're like, oh, my
2: God. And yeah. he's like, shut up. No, but, yeah, it was great. I mean, that was, even that was great. It was like, it was like yeah. classic Invincible kind of situation from, like, the fighting scene to, like, the awkward scene with Eve and her parents, which was hysterical it, with the dad. There's,
1: there's a page where basically uh, – I don't know if people are reading this in trades or whatnot. But he goes to meet Eve's parents, and they go out on the porch, and the, the Eve's father proceeds to say – it was, like, the most offensive possible – just the, like, the most horrible conversation you'd ever want to be stuck in with your girlfriend's father, and it is not what you think.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. It's basically like – like I don't know. Kirkman went to a place there.
2: And you know and, that and he's got to have written that page and just start laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And, and
1: then they put the kid in a new outfit, and because uh, the kid ages faster than everybody else, like, it makes sense. And I never, never once before now, for some reason, made the – Connection that it's a it's a um, Miracle Man tribute. Yeah, yep. he starts off as Kid Omni Man, and now he's Young Omni Man. I laughed yep. real hard at that. Yep. There's some shit that goes wrong at the end, and, and then then, some, then they come shit. back to a, an old storyline that that they had left unfinished. Yep. And then at the end, there's one more. There was a bunch of things that happened. It's like wow, everything. He they wrecked the entire earth, but they're still keeping up the level of drama and just you know, Otley man.
2: Heck good stuff. I, Great stuff.
0: So good. Yeah. So
2: good. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. This the, Invincible sixty eight was probably my my runner up to
0: to the pick. Yeah, yeah, it was it was super super good. Guys, you- imagine having Doctor Frankenstein as your father, uh, like Punisher okay.
2: Frankenstein or Doctor Frankenstein.
0: Doctor Frankenstein.
2: Okay,
1: Gene Wilder,
0: and that- your classmate and fellow pilot is a partial clone of your dead mother. Awkward, Which- and yeah. she's hot. Even more awkward. You've been forced by your father to pilot a giant living robot named Eva Unit 01 to fight deadly creatures called angels from destroying the planet. And to top it off, you have raging teenage hormones that it's the end of the world if you screw up. No pressure, right? (laughs) Evangeline 1.01, you are not alone. The movie is the complete rebuild of the groundbreaking sci-fi giant robot anime. Otuko USA magazine writes that... Otaku USA. (laughs) Otaku Reminds us of what an anime can be by having us flex all of our otoku muscles. Otaku! <laughs> yet always satisfies our basis need for cute girls in Mecca. Watch the first eight minutes of the movie at www.funimation.com slash Evangelion. Evangelion 1.01. You are not alone. Available now on DVD.
2: And that's, um, if you go to ifanboy.com, there are banners running on the site. And we'll have a link to funimation.com Evangelion if you can't figure out how to spell it. But um,
0: apparently Paul Montgomery is
2: a huge fan of the series, my fanboy writer. If he signs off on it. That's
1: then... a. That's some messed up stuff at the top. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's your mom? Huh. All right. Yeah. But, yeah. You know. Anyway. What amazing Spider Man six twelve. That was
2: that was So better. Mark Wade yeah. not only doing well on the Irredeemable, but doing well on the Spider Man along with Paul Azaceta, who is, is
0: pretty damn good. Dude. Well, he he, he was, I thought, very inconsistent. Oh, interesting. I, thought were, I thought there were pages that were just beautiful and like that one shot of Spider-Man in the beginning where he's sort of flying through the sky I thought wow where's this guy been all my life and then every once in a while you have a really awkwardly drawn page so I thought he was really good in some parts and just not just, so good I
2: liked it across the board I thought it had a great Silver Age feel
0: I loved it I yeah. thought it was
1: fantastic and I thought was another one of those guys that I th- I personally think is amazing yeah. and he's you know, he's never going to be more than a fan favorite You know, of a few people yeah. Uh, he did he did BPRD in nineteen forty
2: six. Oh, did he? Oh, cool. Yep. And there was a backup story but written by Joe Kelly with art by JM Ken Namura, who did uh, Hell yeah. the team from I Kill Giants. And this is the first time I've seen Namura's art colored. It looked good in color. It looked great in color. My only problem with it was is that it takes place now and everybody looked y- like ten years younger.
0: Oh big deal. Right. No, I loved it. That was my but that was my only thing. I like is That's this just his style. Yeah, yeah, no, I loved it though. I loved it. I like this. My, I like the backup more than I like the the main story. Yeah, I like the main storyline. I liked I liked what they
2: did with Electro. I, I re- it was really strong, and maybe may because I'm coming off of the shit that was Guggenheim's arc last issue, but I thought it, I thought both stories were sh- real strong backups. The,
1: the characterization of the relationship between Peter and Black Cat, and then yeah. the stuff with Electro going on at the same time, was a I thought it was a good reinvention of that character. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. I had a lot of fun S- reading it. Solid. The only
0: thing I didn't really like though was the, this. I don't know where this idea came from. It may have been around forever. I just never picked it up. That mm-hmm. Peter doesn't drink. Yeah. And that he got drunk off ginger ale at the wedding? Like, that just seems so... Like, that was a little contrived,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: That was a Disney mandate. If this deal is going to go through, yeah. we read uh, 601, and we'd like you to make sure that that's not real. Yeah.
0: Like, come <laughs> so on. So
1: says Roy Disney.
0: <laughs> he, he woke up out of the uh, whatever... Roy! No, chamber he's living in or sleeping in. <laughs> Peter Parker must not drink. <laughs> Jesus. And then he collapsed in the dust.
2: Anyway, so, so life, life gets – every now and then life gets better, and the week that Phonogram the Singles Club comes out is one of those times where life gets better, at least for me. Issue five of Phonogram the Singles Club came out, and it's with this issue that I realized that this trade is going to be so much fun to read. Yep. Because you're – now that we're five issues in, you're seeing the same night at the club in Bristol and all the, the intertwining characters and how they're plugging into each other and how they're interconnected and how they're all like the, the bigger story that Karen Gillan has been weaving. This one uh this one was I, I thought was really, really good. I don't know if I'm alone. Yeah, and it opened
0: yeah. with a you know particularly uncomfortable cutting scene. Yeah, well, you know, that's what happens. Um, you have that razor's deep in there. Um yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot too. I, they've all been really good, and I, I, if you read the back, he says they, they realized they needed a villain, so they created one in this issue.
2: Yeah, and and it was good. and again, you know, Jamie's art is just you know like we we keep raving about it, and you know, but it's you know the expressions and just like the the looks on on the characters' faces as they're talking and stuff like that is just totally solid. And I just I like know. how
0: every time we get a new issue, we see the the events differently. Yep. Yeah. We've seen the, we've basically seen the same two hours or so. Uh, five times, yeah, fifth and every time we get a new perspective on what actually happened at the, at the club that night. So this is like
2: really how- like it could be like a, one of those great nonlinear storytelling movies, yeah, you know, where where you're seeing it from different point of views and yep. stuff like that. And beautiful, beautiful last page, which I now own <laughs> because the word balloons on the last
0: page are Smith's lyrics. That's why I bought it. I see. I wasn't a big fan of the backup story
2: though. Oh yeah, well yeah, the backup stories are you, know, you, you take them or leave them. It did have a big two page spread of just One Step Beyond, which is always a good thing.
0: So.
1: Hey, you guys are talking about backup stories. Mm-hmm. Apparently there is one at the second half of Adventure Comics number four, but I couldn't tell you.
2: <laughs> you couldn't tell that it a backup story? Why?
1: I don't know. Once I get to the end, I just stop.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, no, once I get to the end of Adventure Comics, it takes me about two seconds to realize it's not the next page of the main story. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I stop.
0: <laughs> I actually I, I read them and I've enjoyed them. This is, I don't know if I have the thread of the story, but I thought this was a really good issue. I mean, for this Legion story, because it was all about alien races and when they fall in love and it's not compatible, yeah. and they can't be together, and it's and how hard it is. I thought that was a really it was a really good. Well, exploration. Actually, I, th- I, I really like the art. Yeah. In the back of the story, I, think I, I
1: made sure that.
2: Uh, I think we're burying the lead here, though. The <laughs> so, Adventure Comics number four, the main story, like we said earlier, Francis Manipal was not on, and it featured uh, this is Ordway art, right? Yep. Um, yep. Ordway doing a Superboy Prime story that might be a little too metatextual.
1: You know, the thing about this is that uh, the whole time I thought I was kind of annoyed because this is the kind of gimmick that annoys me. But at the same time, I thought it was actually really well done and I enjoyed it. Yeah,
2: it was fun. If it that was makes fun. sense. Yeah, and- Like
1: I wanted to
0: not like it, but I didn't not like it.
2: And Connor, what was then- your favorite part?
0: My favorite part was explaining the internet to the Black Lantern. And what was the line? Here this is. box is a conduit for the rage of the people on earth. <laughs> that is what the internet is. So Smiley face. Not surprisingly, the black leather liked the internet. Yep, <laughs> because they seek out rage and very strong emotion. I, I liked it too. I like I like Ordway's art a lot. It was a different inker on him than they've usually had in the last couple of times he showed up in DC books. But it was, a, it, was a, it was a thinner line than normal. Yeah, um, was, the, um, the art was really
2: strong. I mean, this is the Ordway it, that I liked. This uh, Bob, Bob Wiacek inked it, which makes sense. Wiacek Wy, yeah. has got a, a tighter line. But um, it was very fitting art, yeah I thought yeah, and I, it was a great way to work Superboy prime into the greater blackest Night story, I mean, you know because he's stuck on prime earth, you know, not with you know supposedly with no powers, and it continued that you know for people who like this whole superboy punching the punching the wall, you know, reality. yeah reality kind of bending type thing, I mean if this is your thing, then you'll love the story, and a lot of talk about the fans, a lot mm. of talk about the fans, and spoiler alert was used.
0: <laughs> Spoiler
1: tale.
2: So the last issue of one of my favorite miniseries of the year, uh, Dominic Fortune, came out uh, this week from Marvel. Max uh, Howard Shaken, his you know raucous tale of a 1930s uh, action hero, which was just this 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 book was just madcap fun, and it was you know a lot of the you know Nazis and and Dominic Fortune is Jewish, so a lot of people calling him Jew boy and like. You know, like, it, it just, like, things that, that aren't, you know, you don't see in comics, at least for Marvel, you know? Very edgy. There's a great scene where Dominic Fortune's flying a plane, a propeller plane, and he mows down a, a, a battalion of Italian soldiers, like, very gruesome blood flying everywhere. This is, like, really good. Like, when we talk about Howard Chaykin and the, the, the why Chaykin is so good, th- this miniseries is going to be an example of what I've been calling good Chaykin. So when this comes out in trade paperback, I'm going to
0: strongly recommend it because it's just a lot of fun. I don't remember you talking about this many at all. You I talked, talked about, about the, the first, first one. Edition. Yeah.
1: a yeah. guy who remembers everything. I remember him talking about it. So there.
0: <laughs> Maybe I wasn't on that
1: show. Yeah. Oh well, you still you catalog everything like the you like a Watu. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and it's um, not a bald...
2: <laughs> Anyway, this is this is great. Where and, and of course Dominic Fortune saved the day. He saved he saves the day by um, say uh, there's a coup d'état attempt on on Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Coup d'état. And, and um, they've got Franklin Roosevelt and Eleanor Roosevelt hostage. And uh, the villains are holding a gun to Eleanor Roosevelt's head, and the only thing Fortune can think to do is to shove FDR's wheelchair into Eleanor to knock the gun out of the guy's hand. (laughs) Good times. Let me ask you a question. I can put this out to the group.
1: But how long can a single storyline go on before you start to become tired of it, no matter how good that storyline is? Is it two years?
2: It's more at this point.
1: Okay. Is it – so,
2: uh, Ron, you want to talk about Realm of Kings? Realm of Kings one-shot, which kind of kicks off the next chapter in Advent and Lanning's epic space cosmic storyline, um, as well mm-hmm. as Realm of Kings in Humans number one came out this week as well, a little double whammy of Realm of Kings. My answer is uh, it, it can still go. It can keep it can keep on going because I'm still loving it. Josh? I gave a little sigh. I was like, ugh, another? Yeah. All right. Well, in the in the <laughs> Realm of Kings one shot, Quasar goes through the breach, goes into the hole, the rift in reality that the last event, the War of Kings event, caused, and comes out on the other side in an alternate universe where the Avengers are all corrupt and and evil, and Earth has been you know sucked dry, and they discover the rift as well, and they're going to use it to go back to to take over our Earth. So, it so the a, Avengers like, all have goatees. Yeah, it becomes that kind of story. No, they Isn't don't. Isn't that but, the
1: crime syndicate? Isn't yes. it the same? Yeah, yeah.
2: somewhat. Yeah. Okay but what was interesting what what I found interesting about this was that I really really liked the art uh, Mahmud Asrar from Dynamo 5 did a did a few pages but then also uh, Leonardo Manco did the art in in the alternate universe I really really it, liked it um, And
1: and Manco used in a different style then cuz he's yeah. Hellblazer artist for a long 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 time Oh really?
2: Long time. Oh wow. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah cool. Oh, really. Um but yeah, so I, I don't know, it's, it's it's an interesting story, I don't know where it's gonna go, but then Realm of Kings and Humans basically focuses on the next, you know, chapter of the story of the humans, and then the black bolt is you know, quote unquote dead in the battle with uh, Vulcan and the in the war of kings, um, and how they're dealing with you know how Medusa is now the, the reluctant queen and you know, and you get hints of maybe Maximus is gonna come back and, and go his evil ways, you know, like one panel, one creepy panel. I thought this would be right up your alley, Josh. This is great this is just good yeah. in humans. I know. I actually just haven't had time to read it yet. So there's, oh, uh, there's okay. my
1: horrible answer. But I'm flipping, It's not that I'm not going to. I'm saying that I like went to go read it, and I was like, it, it had nothing to do with whether it's been good or not. I just, just like, I just feel like it's like a book that you just been reading for a long time. Yeah. But you are not kidding about the Menko art.
2: Yeah, the Manco that's, art's good in Realm Kings. Yeah, yeah. But oh no, Josh, seriously, read the Inhumans one because it's 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 good. In I think it's good in Humans. Uh, but I'm curious. No, what I'm, you think,
1: I'm so. sure. I'm not going to
2: yeah. not read that yeah. in any way. So. Cool. All right, so uh, those are the books that came out this week that we were digging. You go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics. You can see all the comics that came out this week, and you can rate and review them and write a user review, uh, uh, a review of a book that you read. We want to highlight a couple of them from you. So our first one comes from Jedi Master Rob 2001, who reviewed Supergirl 47, gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 4 out of 5. And at the time of this recording, 0.44% of you made it your pick of the week. And Jedi Master Rob2001 says that Gates nails this issue and delivers an awesome mix of action and character development. I have not heard of Matt Camp, and being that this is my first experience of his work, it is great, especially the flashback scenes between Zorel and Alora that capture the relationship in a real and heartfelt way. Both Gates and Camp care about these characters, and it shows in this issue. This is a great jumping-on point if you're not reading this title.
0: He's right. This is a great issue. It was all about Alora mourning her dead husband, Zor-El, who was murdered a year ago and they finally catch his killer and it's a lot of flashbacks to when they first met when they were dating when they just got married so those it, it was really one of those really nice character development issues where um, she's wrestling with what to do about does she just execute the murderer does she does she put him before a court you know is there, does she does she do what her husband would have wanted or does she do what she wants to do you know it was one of those you know slow down the action and zoom in on a character and, and see what they're feeling about what's going on it was really really nice
1: he's uh, developing
0: quite a writer our little sterling gates mm-hmm
1: He's uh, he's definitely got got some of what it takes, I think.
0: Yeah, he's really good, and he he really he's doing a bang up job on Supergirl. It's really been a fantastic book, one of the better Superman books in this whole saga.
1: Definitely, Miyamoto Freak he wanted to talk about Doctor Horrible one shot, giving the story a three out of five and the art a three out of five. When the pick of the week percentage in this one is a two point nine percent, that's nearly three for those of you at home. This was a bit of a disappointment. Maybe it's the lack of singing. My problem with it is that it feels done by the numbers. It lacks any excitement, nothing technically wrong with the art or writing, but they never really made me feel anything. There were nice touches in both areas. Penny getting bumped, Moist being moist, but it wasn't enough. That's the entire review. <laughs> well,
2: I, feel, I felt I had
1: to cap that because it sounded like I dropped off a cliff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, they, went, they went in the prequel direction for this. They told the story before the, the episodes that we've seen. Uh, which I thought was an interesting choice, but
0: I didn't love the whole project to begin with. Yeah, well, it's, I think the only it's, one that didn't, i just the only person that didn't fall head over heels in love with the—it's the, a uh, fun—it's a—it's a fun, it's a,
2: it's a fun I,
0: gimmick, it's a fun joke, but it might be a one-note joke. Yeah,
1: yeah. Con- Connor, I—I didn't—I didn't make it through the first five minutes.
0: Yeah. I, I watched the whole thing. I, I thought oh, it was no. like you know, like a three-star yeah. affair. I didn't love it. The and I would imagine a comic would suffer because really you're existing on the charm mm. of the actors. Right. Yes. You know, like you're existing on the charm of Neil Patrick Harris and Nathan Fillion, and if you lose them on the page, then...
2: feels a touch like a cash grab. Yeah, maybe.
0: But Without but it's a like cash merit. grab
2: two years too late. Like That's the other thing, too. It's like, been that long? It's been two years. Yeah, it's sad. It was when this,
0: the strike was. But th- there's still tons and tons of huge Dr. Horrible fans, so yeah. I don't know if it's oh, that.
2: It was a year and a half.
0: It was two summers ago. A year and a half.
2: All right, cool. Well, go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics. Uh, do your picks. Rate, your, rate and write your reviews. You could be as short as Miyamoto Freak or as long as you like. It's up to you. And since you like the comics, and we know you like the comics, and when you do your pull list, that helps you decide what books you're going to buy. You head over to Discount Comic Book Service, where you can buy them. They're a great online retailer where you get monthly specials up to seventy five percent off. They do forty percent off all the major uh, major publishers. They get flat rate shipping of five ninety five on all domestic U S orders, which is great if you're ordering a ton of books, like we know a lot of you do, especially as, uh, if you're ordering trades or hardcovers, things like that. It makes the shipping uh, that much easier. You can buy anything in previews, including over nine thousand trade paperbacks that they have in stock. You can track your orders online. Discount comic book service. They're the great answer when you lack a good comic book store in driving distance or near you or anything like that. Or if you just want to save money. So go to DCBService.com. And while you're driving around looking for a comic book store and coming up empty, you can, go to, you can go listen to an audiobook from Audible. How about that? Um, Audible is the place to go to for audiobooks. We know you already like to listen to people talking like us on podcasts, so audiobooks are really the next logical step. You can download them to your iPod or any music-playing device, whether you're your phone or MP3 player or anything like that, your Zoom. It will all work from Audible. They've got over 60,000 titles across all genres, including a really fleshed-out sci-fi and fantasy kind of genre section, which is you know right in all of our wheelhouses. If you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash ifanboy, you can sign up and get a free audiobook and a free 14-day trial. So you get a free book and you get to try out the whole service. Super cool. Look through the Audible catalog. want to make a pick for you to check out. And got to go with John Hodgman's latest book, More Information Than You Require. It's the follow-up to his, uh, to his first book. And the audiobooks for his first book and this book are hysterical. They're must-listens. He is the funniest man on earth.
1: Does Paul Rudd show up in the second one?
2: Paul Rudd is the narrator of the second one.
1: Wow, you just stole yep. the copies, what you did there, <laughs> son. Yep. It's good. John, Jonathan, C-
2: Jonathan Colton is, is on it again. Ricky Gervais makes an appearance. Like, it's hysterical. It's, it's so funny. Look at that. You get that
1: for free, is what you're saying.
2: Exactly. Go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash iFanboy and just download Hodgman's book, and you're done. That's it. You're done. That's all you need.
0: Ah. ah. <laughs> <laughs> Emails, email time. Ah. Scott Fraser, who is Scottia5 on a fanboy. He's from Scotland, and he oh, writes a lot, a lot of Scots there. That's exactly is. what I was going to say. Last <laughs> night in bed with my wife, Whoa! Whoa she, asked me, off. she asked me what I was thinking about. I decided to be honest <laughs> <laughs> and told her I was thinking about a comic issue that comes to me more often these days. Do you ever think about comic creators you loved who silently disappeared for only you to notice their disappearance sometime later? Creators who spend but part of their career in mainstream comics and then move on. Here are but a few that I really wish could make a comeback. Jeff Purvis, his Grey Hulk with Peter David was so good. Chaz Troog will never forget his Animal Man with Grant Morrison, but he stayed on the book for years after Grant left. Richard Case, again with Grant on Doom Patrol, but also on Shade with Bachelot. Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle, first a Detective, then a Batman. To all of this, my wife said, I wish I had a hobby that I loved. <laughs>
2: Aw, for your wife. Well, it's funny that he says this, because I was just talking about this at, the, at my comic book store when I got my books, um, actually on Thursday, because I was traveling on Wednesday. But there are artists who... I've really enjoyed, it. and then they go away on projects, and that I don't buy. So, like mm-hmm. Mike Perkins is doing the Stan stuff, or I'm not going to see him. We're not going to see him for four years. You know, um, Cliff Chang is doing that Neil Young graphic novel of Vertigo, which is probably going to look great. But for the past two, past year, it's been Cliff Changless. You know, and so. you don't give a rat's ass about Neil Young. No, I don't at all, actually. Or Tom Petty. Or well, no. I, the thing is, I respect Neil Young. Tom Petty is just a talentless fuck. But, um, oh my God! But, i anyway, anyway. ifanboy.com <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I, like I have a, I have a, I've a vend- Like on my shit list, like the the, the 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 people when I see them, I'm gonna kick them in the nuts list. It's like Scott Boris, Tom Petty, uh, Charles Grodin. Like it's that. Like Neil right. Young, I respect. There are a couple right, songs right, I do. All right, all right,
0: all right, all right. I'm spewing That's hate nice. again. Aren't I? Let's, ve- let's veer back at Crazy Town. <laughs> um, all you
1: got to do is say one thing about a, an ethnic group, and then you're the kind they don't like. <laughs> Just remember that.
2: I uh, remember. I know Michael Richards. Sorry.
1: he goes, and another thing: the Irish are taking all the jobs. <laughs> he only—he's only, he's only a racist in a nineteenth-century sense. <laughs> so,
2: which is probably worse? Can Sorry. you guys relate to Scott here?
1: You know, for me, it isn't. I can I'm trying to think of guys that went away, but it's for me, it's much more guys who who stopped doing interiors.
0: Yeah, the guys I mean, who get really good and just just do covers. Jay Lee. Jay Lee. Well, Jay I Lee, no, it.
2: but he's been doing the stand. The, the, the no, he stopped
0: uh, that. Oh, not. he did
2: really. He stopped yeah.
1: doing the
0: dark
2: tower yeah. stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. Richard draws the, him. He off. did the first seven Richard issues.
2: Richard was a colorist. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh wow. Ooh, ooh.
1: That's how little they needed <laughs> Jay Lee. <laughs> near the end, he just wasn't even turning in pages. The dude is apparently notoriously slow. Yeah. But he's done some beautiful, beautiful stuff. You know, John
2: even John Cassidy.
1: John Cassidy, I was gonna say.
0: Yeah. Um, Jim Chung. Jim Chung. Jim Chung. Uh, where uh, uh. is Jim Chung? He does cover. He has lots of covers. I'm seriously I
2: call the police and a missing report on Jim Chung. You get
0: you get to the point where you get the stature where you can c- command a high page rate, and would you yeah. rather draw Brian, like Bullen, Brian Bullen. one cover, Brian or would you rather slave over you know 22 interior pages so they all go the cover route, and, and we know
2: and have everybody hate you, and yeah, we
0: lose their art. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised. Su- Obviously, not surprised if Steve Mcniven goes the all cover route. Scott
2: Scott going to go in that direction. It's just.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, well, no, I think he's going to keep drawing these. Right now, you part. get the sense that he really likes
1: to do the storytelling part. Yeah, possibly. Um,
2: yeah, but yeah. I think in terms of comics, I think he's going to go do other stuff though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there are. I, yeah, that, that's a very good point. The cover artist um, trap is is painful.
1: There are guys who disappeared. I can, I can't think of any.
0: But well, the, cover, Connor, the, you, the cover. You miss
2: Bray the... Nor, Brayfogle, don't you? Yeah, but he did Archie. Sure, if he it. did. He did do
0: Archie. Yeah, so he's still out there. No, so. beyond that, he's he's disappeared too. But that's just that the market changing taste. But yeah, I mean, there's lots of guys who, yeah, you know, for whatever reason, they they find work in advertising or storyboarding or whatever, and it pays more than comics. So they and go it's easier,
1: and yeah. you know, they're not under harsh harsh deadlines all the time. Like and, Jim Lee. <laughs> but he's he's his own unique. I know. There's no one out there who's like, oh yeah. His path is exactly like Jim Lee's. There's No one like
0: that. <laughs> uh, so uh, Scott, something, may- something heavy could have fallen on Jim Lee, and he'd be under there for. Well, he'd be like the
2: Adam. They wouldn't. <laughs> he'd be fine. Why do
1: I? Why do I feel worse about this joke now than four years ago? When no one was
2: <laughs> we haven't made a lot of pocket-sized Jim Lee jokes in many years.
1: <laughs> People complain that it takes him a long time to do those pages. <laughs> you know how heavy that pencil gets. Is that is that is that racist? No, <laughs> no he's just it's, not. it's
2: just it's, it's sizest. Here's it's the a... thing.
1: Here's the thing. Jim Lee, I mean, like he could buy and sell me. I'm second room having a conversation with. Them. I will be so intimidated by that tiny man. Yep. We interviewed I, him.
0: I, oh, I interviewed I, him. Yeah, that was it. Was yeah, it was, it
1: was yeah, it was it was a rough interview. Well, it was hard to like,
0: reach the microphone all the way down here. <laughs> uh,
1: that and he was playing World of Warcraft the whole time.
0: <laughs> Jim, First,
1: Jim so can was, you just please? It so was just AFK, Jim. AFK. <laughs>
2: Why is it K? Oh,
1: keyboard, not computer.
2: <laughs> so, Scott, maybe uh, you can recommend cooking to your wife as a hobby or uh, sewing, knitting. Some women like knitting.
0: Guys,
1: <laughs> I check your email. I just got a cease and desist from Wildstorm.
2: Weird.
0: <laughs> oh, God. That's too funny. <laughs> All right. So if you have any emails that will cause us to get into legal trouble and or trouble with one of the most powerful creators in the business <laughs> the ethnic group please email contact at fanboy.com
2: literally one email from Jim Lee shuts us down
0: before we're gone <laughs> before so we're those done.
1: <laughs> I challenge you Jim Lee <laughs> to shut us down what a wonderful so, way to so, go he into he might it.
2: be one of the top 10 most powerful men in comics
1: might be right. oh he definitely yeah. is yeah he
2: is yeah, yeah. got to be yeah no nobody tell him
1: about this yeah not a problem he's <laughs> he's, he's rolling making the mayhem out there with the Tyrese <laughs> important guy, not to mention the fact that I'm not really a fan of the guy's art. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do what a wonderful time to go into a sponsor spot. <laughs> the last of the evening. This episode is brought to you by Drawer Boxes from... Collect. Connor does this better than I do. Uh, this sponsor... <laughs> Beep! This episode of iFanboy is brought to you by Drawer Boxes from CollectionDrawer.com. They're the ones who bring the uh, drawer boxes collection system so your stuff doesn't get all squished down. But if you want to have those, you can also use the upright dividers. And the upright dividers are these neat little upright things that you can put in your boxes to separate them and stop them from falling down and sliding around like that. They're the box sort upright dividers. If you use multiple upright dividers in a drawer, you can even create sections for your favorite titles or or make spaces if they're not full yet and do all sorts of things just to keep your your stuff from falling over and and being more messed up. And it just simplifies your, your collection. So if you're like... Let's say who among Braun, where you have to be very, very organized or yes. you're like Connor who uh, also is very, very organized. I couldn't think of a separate thing for you. Uh, box sword upright dividers would be good in addition to their, their normal collection drawer box system, which are, is all these things they have for people who want to take really good care of their stuff and organize it. You can go to collectiondrawer.com. <laughs> And you can check out drawer boxes, box sort upright dividers, and box locks, box anchors, which is my favorite thing to say. Uh, <laughs> those are all exclusive trademarks of the Collection Drawer Company, and they can get, you can find them at collectiondrawer.com.
2: And make sure you mention iFanboy when you order. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, tell them that you, so you, you should do that. You heard about, it, heard about them through us. All right, on to our As The train wreck continues. Uh, we got a question about collecting issues into trades.
0: Hey, this is Chris from Georgia. I post a clutch on the site. Uh, the discussion you guys had on the most recent podcast about the Lobo book uh, got me to thinking about the transition from issues to trades. And I was wondering if you thought a three a book that contained three issues at, say, $7 uh, might be a way to move people away from single issues to more of a trade format, maybe slow the transition and move it to the uh, six issues each trade format. So maybe a three-issue book every three months or so for $7.00. Personally, I'd be in favor of that. Just wondering about your opinion on that. Also, wanted to commend uh, you guys and Josh specifically for your work on the Andy Schmidt interview. Um, that was just good journalism. That was fun to listen to. Well, thank
1: you, Chris, for that lovely sentiment. I had fun talking to Andy Schmidt. If you haven't listened to that, it's a really neat—we haven't had a conversation like that with an editor before. You can go back and listen to it. Go to the podcast page on, on ifanboy.com. Anyway,
2: interesting about that,
1: it's been tried before. I think the sort of longer issue for
0: seven bucks. Some well, people that have been gorilla
2: series for me, Image has done that a couple times this best year. Yeah.
1: yeah, and that that didn't really work for him. Yeah,
0: well, well, that's uh, that's specifically one series draw, written and drawn away. You're talking more collecting and smaller sure. trades and shorter trades that come out more frequently than the ones that come out now every six. Well, issues.
2: he's saying he's saying three is, he's saying three issues worth every three months for seven bucks. I don't want that.
1: No, no, no. Now all. I think if I'm going to buy a book, I want to buy a book. If I'm going to buy yeah. issues, yeah. I want an issue.
2: Yeah, I mean, the uh, thing is, I'll take I'll take a six, you know, I'll take a forty-eight or sixty-four page kind of super sized, you know, kind of issue that is like you know five ninety-nine or something like that. I'll do that, but if it comes, it's got to come out monthly or mo- every month and a half, or you know, like three months is too long, you know. But that's nitpicking. But um, that's I'd, a taste
1: thing. I mean, that yeah. might work for some people, but I don't think any of us like. I'd rather you know, I'd, I'd rather do a six issue trade, you know, and, and do it that way.
2: Yeah, well, well he That's also you says like. you know, he's looking at it for some way to bridge the gap between the issues to move everybody into trades, which is not something I support anyway. Yeah, I, I, I think that I like trades. I like issues. I want them both to exist in their own little world. You know? Yeah,
1: I don't think you need a stopgap between them. Exactly. Think, yeah. but, you know, it's, you know, right, right now, the thing is, is that people set up this adversarial relationship between them, right. and they don't really have to. Because you have both options right now,
2: right? But that's that, that's the comic. That's comic fans, right there. It's like you can't. It's the like. versus. They've got it. It's fascinating the trend over the past two years about all this positioning things, Marvel or DC, creator-owned versus company, trade versus issue. You know,
1: pick a favorite, yeah, and die defending it.
2: Exactly, just irrationally. <laughs> oh man! All right, our next voicemail's got a, got a question that I know Josh and I are going to fight over. Hi fanboy, this is Tom from Knoxville, Tennessee. Let's go say I love the show, and I, I gotta say, uh, I think Nova is still the most exciting book out there uh, that Marvel's doing. Uh, props to Dan and Andy just for how well it's structured. More importantly, here's my question: Who? What's more interesting to read right now? Green Lantern Corps or Nova? Because you know they have a similar kind of setup but I think Nova is a lot more exciting right now, even though. Blackest not going on in Green Lantern
0: Corp. Well, I don't read Nova in, in issue, so I can't weigh in on this debate, but Josh, you can, I'm assuming.
2: Yeah, why are we going to fight about it? Well, Because you're always making the joke that Nova is a poor man's Green Lantern and that it's a rip-off character and stuff like that. Its origins indicate that that's totally what it is. Yeah. It doesn't mean
0: it's not good, though. Yeah, it doesn't true. have anything to do with it. I was a
2: little defensive, all right? I'm sorry. Yeah. You've geez. browbeaten me over for years now. I think you're just upset that I'm right. No. Anyway, no. That's <laughs> either or a question. It's not yes or no question. I he am said he I thought, am equally he he thought that Nova
1: was better. I am oh.
2: equally enthused that uh, when each book comes out, if it's a week that Nova comes out or Green Lantern Corps comes out, I read Nova
0: first. Really? That's because you're, you're allegiance to the character. Right,
2: but that but but that said, I said notice I said Green Lantern Corps versus Nova, Green Lantern versus Nova. I'm reading Green Lantern first.
1: I've got to say that in this one instance, it is very difficult to separate myself from the hype around the thing. Because whenever a Green Lantern issue comes out, the, the entire internet is a buzz, and they—they're like, everyone's talking about the stuff that's going on, and there's a level of excitement that you know will, may surprise some people who think that I don't like the book because I have not picked a Blackest Night issue for pick of the week. But there is an excitement to it where you're like, ooh, and there's not really a buzz around Nova.
2: No, well, huh. it's like it's like it's it's like you know, Blackest Night is the big event that everyone is talking about. Nova is like the quiet kind of cult favorite. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but it's an like
0: observer who's, who's, who only read the hardcover of Nova and it's going to get the other trades because they're not putting out any more hardcovers. So I have to go back and get the first two trades so I can have them all in trade form. Oh god, that's, that's another discussion. You're sick. You're sick. Yeah, I'm sick. You do the same thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god, I saw the ad for the Walking Dead book five. Finally. See, there you go. Sorry. I think Nova had a lot more groundswell buzz on it before War of Kings. Yeah, yep. I think yeah. I think it really hurt the momentum on that series. Have, I don't know if have. it was good or not. I'm not speaking to the quality. All I can speak to is there's a lot less discussion on Nova and Guardians of the Galaxy than there used that, to be. Actually, War of Kings didn't really affect the Nova book all that much. Oh, but it affected the buzz
2: the, on the, it. The whole True. line, yeah, it did drag the line a little. A little. I, I do concede that, but I almost see like I almost see like Nova, like Doctor Who and the Green Lantern, like, the Transformers movie.
1: Okay. Well, the, you know what? <laughs> no, I, I actually see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, for one thing, I, I just can be completely honest. The art is better in the Green Lantern books. Like, if from a production standpoint, Nova is just, they're, they, they're throwing, you know, like, a few different guys are doing there's it. A lack and it's of consistency. Not,
2: yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. so there's, like, a... You know, the Do- a Doctor Who analogy in sort of terms of production value, but but really strong characterization and things like that is actually not not too far off. Thank
2: you. And then I wanted something big, like, like Lost, maybe or something, you know, yeah, so that, that, that a lot of people like are watching and a lot of people, you know, like yeah,
1: it has more water cooler value. Yes, let's say. Yep. yep absolutely. Um, the, 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 you know, in that way, I actually don't think they're very similar. I don't think they're very uh, similar
2: at all. No, not at all.
1: No, they have different tones. Yeah, totally. Different, well, they they go about what they're doing differently. Totally. So they, it was, we agreed. Look at that. Yeah, I would, I would hug you if you weren't on my extreme right.
2: Oh, I love you. All right, our next voicemail, I have no business answering.
0: Hi, boys. It's Meg. So with all this going on with Norman Osborn in Power, I was thinking about all the different roles in Governing. And my question is, if the characters of the DC and Marvel U's were members of the Bartlett administration, who would be who? Also, bonus question, if the staff of iFanboy were the members of the Bartlett administration, who would be who? Thanks for everything. Bye.
2: Now, I've never watched this show, so I have to step back. It's away. the West Wing we're talking the about. The West yeah. Wing, yes. I've never, I watched Studio 60. I liked it. Okay. <laughs> I watched Sports better. Night. I liked it. West
0: Wing was much better than both of those shows. Yeah, I don't like government. Like, I
2: don't like politics.
1: That's good. It's yeah. not important now, anyway.
0: That's a really hard question. It is a difficult uh, question. especially. We should just do the I fanboy part of it because the Marvel of DCU is difficult.
1: Yeah, there's too many characters. It could yeah. Be, it would be like every show on TV. Ron doesn't know this, but Ron is Josh Lyman. Who's, who played that? Who's him? Bradley Whitford. Whitford.
2: Oh, I like him. I'll take that.
1: He was on ER.
2: He was also on <laughs> Studio 60. I liked him on Studio 60. It's true. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. I like this game.
1: No, he's the, he's the um, deputy chief of staff through most of the whole thing, and he's a mover and a shaker. He gets things done. Nice. Josh,
0: your... you are Sam Seaborn. I love you. Who's thank that? You he, sing, who's that? So. Sam Seaborn is the speechwriter. who is... Is he the bald guy with the beard? No, he's he's Rob Lowe. Oh, okay. Oh, and he is. Um, so he's
2: a less attractive Sam Seaborn. So. More socially awkward
0: than he should be, <laughs> mm-hmm. and more about focusing on the right, you know, the page and the word. And you think Rob Lowe would be out there, you know, swinging around par- DC parties, but more, you know, he just wanted Focus. to be writing speeches, Good. making a difference. Yeah.
2: So, Josh, who is Connor? Connor is Connor's kind of Toby, actually. Who's Toby? Is and that again, the bald guy? It's not
1: a bald joke. Yeah, it's Richard Schiff, who, by the way, is my, one of my, my favorite character on the show probably by the end.
2: Yeah. He's
1: very, very stuck in his ideology. He, <laughs> he, no, he has a very strict concept of what is right and how things should be, and he will fight until his dying death. to uh, He will not give up his, his principles. Oh. Uh, and he's, he's a very smart and very uh, forward person, but
0: quiet. Does that so, mean that the Bartlett's going to end up firing me, whoever Bartlett is? Well, T-
1: Toby did something to deserve that, quite honestly. <laughs> but look at you. You're already blaming the other guy for the mistake of the character I compared you to. So who's uh-huh. Martin
2: Sheen? Jimsky? No.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think we have a Martin Sheen, to be completely honest. We don't have a Bartlett.
2: Interesting. It's Could it be Paul. Stan Lee?
1: To bring this out, Paul is, what's his name? The guy they brought in later. Wait. Sam. Will. Will Bailey. Will. Yep. he's Will. Oh,
2: so we're gonna when we replace you with Paul, that'll make sense, too. Oh, should I not have said that.
1: And Jim, I guess Jim has to be Marley Matlin. <laughs> Joey. No, I don't I know. I've lost the thread of this analogy. But yeah. uh, the original three worked fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sonya's to... Richard Reese.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: ah, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> She's British. Oh, God. All right. And you were copping out on the DC question, the DC Marvel.
0: There's just too many characters yeah. to go through. It oh, yeah. would require we, we, lots of it.: We effort. would have had
2: to work on
1: this ahead of time.
2: Yeah. All right, then.
0: But that let's, worked out pretty well.
2: We're so off the rails. Let's do another voicemail. Why don't we? Fuck it. All, okay, right, fuck it. It. All right, here's another one. Hey, what up, guys? This is Tio
0: from uh, Orange County, California. Long time listener, first time caller. Just wondering uh, what artist has done your favorite interpretation of a beloved character or uh, just any character in general?
2: Um, personally, I love Mazzucelli's Batman or uh, Michael Lark's Daredevil. Um, yeah, that's it. Love the show. Thanks very much.
1: Hey, Tio. Tio, some of you out there may not know. Has the distinction, uh, right along with Brian Nazarello, of calling Joe Casey the same guy as Joe Kelly. So, <laughs> uh, Epic. <laughs> that's just for him. no, we kid. It's a good okay. question. I well, think probably the best way to do this, so we don't go on all night, would be to take like your favorite character and talk and tell about your favorite version of him. So, yeah, that, well, that's, that's that's Cyclops. like the,
2: that's like the idea. Like when you when you picture a character, what like for how example, you, yeah, like when I picture Superman, I, when I picture Superman, I picture Kurt Swan, Superman. I don't know why <laughs> I do. So what for me, Cyclops? Um, yeah. uh, it's, it's Jim Lee. As much as it should be, John Byrne. J- j- like when I started reading X Men, was right when Jim Lee started, and that's what kind of framed my uh, Jim Lee. Cyclops. With the
0: no no head, with the no yeah. hair,
2: the the blue the and gold, yeah, with the with the, the awkward yeah. strap across his chest. Yep, that is what I pictured yeah. in my head. Tiny hands. That's the guy I fell in love with. Ooh, did I say that out loud? Now,
1: Connor, are you still?
0: I'm, I'm guessing for Connor. Is it Brave Vocal still? Yep. Yep. Okay, For Batman. that's your favorite Fogle, Batman. The angular sort of horror take on Batman, it was unlike anything else. You know, the other guys at the time were guys like Jim Aparo, who huh. was great. I love Jim Aparo, but Bray Fogle's take was so different than everybody else doing Batman at the time. And it was so interesting and a little bit of a menace to it. And there was a lot of energy. And when he moved, he, it seemed like he was all sh- sharp angles and, you know, hmm. almost like a lightning bolt. And it was when i was just starting high school is when he was really ending his run on batman and it was very instrumental in my like, you know formative years yeah so when i think of it that's what i think of
1: i'm going to i'm going to give a slight qualifier cuz probably one of my fi- my favorite characters is probably hawkeye Roman. but
2: oh i was going to guess i was going to guess you were john Ridgway, constantine
1: constantine I jock it's pretty sweet on that the thing about hawkeye is though is that he hasn't been hawkeye for such a long time that now I was in
0: the 60s yeah,
1: I can't think of an artist. Perez? Like I don't. No, I mean my favorite. My favorite Hawkeyes would probably be John Byrne because he's the guy who would have who would have sort of you know defined well, pick, that picture
0: Hawkeye right now. And who? What does he look like? Who drew? Well,
2: well he's so generic looking. Oh, everybody draws him the same. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, he no, and that's fine. But like, I'm just saying the kind of art that I like these days. Like my favorite artists are not guys like John Byrne.
0: Yeah, but that's, but, not, but the that's, that's, the that's not the question. That's not the question. I know. Yeah. What do you but think? When your, your definitive, your definitive artist is John Byrne on Hawkeye when you think of him in your head yeah no he's definitely the, the guy who I guess I, I picture in that sense yeah for me Hawkeye it's either Byrne or Perez yeah yeah,
2: I think Perez I think Perez are actually ba- honestly Bagley with uh, when he was in Thunderbolts because yeah. that was my I, first that would be my second that would be yeah. my
0: second choice would yeah. be would be Bagley because
1: that was a really that was probably one of my favorite Hawkeye stories was when he joined the Thunderbolts yeah. Uh, yeah really good stuff back then I mean other than that I'd, I'd have to pick like like Captain America
0: yeah and Captain I, America for me actually it's, it's Perez also Mm-hmm. Just from Captain that.
2: Captain America, I'd probably go. Oh, I'm going to go
0: Epting.
1: Epting is really acclaimed claimed and owned that character for me. And the only thing I could think of better than that would be if Michael Lark was doing an All Captain America book.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, no, that, that's more, more what you want. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess, yeah. But no, yeah. I think it would look perfect. Who was drawing him in. Did the, the Bushema Buche- ever draw Captain America? Who's was drawing that the classic square draw of Captain America, like late 70s, early 80s? That's what I picture. I feel like that's Perez. No, 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 it's not Perez. Uh, Perez. Um, my,
1: first, my first Captain America, though, is Kieran Dwyer from, yeah. from the late 80s with the Grunewald yeah. stuff.
2: I love that. He's really bulky and, and cool. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. All right, then. Is that it? Do we want to do more voicemails? We've got a lot of one voicemails, more. everyone. We th- thank you, everybody, for calling in. Do we want one more? One more? We're going to go off the rails a little more? Let's... One more. One more? Pick a number. I'm calling. It. Yeah. Six. All right.
0: Hello, Josh, Ron, and Connor. Um... This is Drake Rivera calling in saying, I wanted to know what you guys thought about these uh, collectible Green Lantern rings. Thank you, and uh, great show. Well,
2: it's funny you should ask this, as on my left hand, I currently have a blue ring, a yellow ring, a black ring, and a pink ring on as I do this podcast.
1: He always wears the pink ring, by the way, don't. <laughs>
0: on my pinky. It's nothing to do with this. <laughs>
2: I think the ring promotion is fun. Have you noticed how the holes in the rings for the fingers are progressively getting larger?
0: I, think, I haven't. I, think I haven't even seen any of them.
2: I think they're realizing, um, they're realizing that who's actually wearing them.
1: <laughs> it's true, the old ones that you would get at the They're shows, tiny. like the yep. old Green Lantern ones are really Dude, tiny. I have black. that
0: flash when we got at the Jeff Johns interview, which is somewhere. Yeah. That's, that that was them. a tiny ring. That was a tiny yeah, ring. Yeah, that was yeah. like a pinky ring. No, the seri- other ones, s- I haven't even
2: seriously, them. like I've got, and, and these guys can attest, i got fat fingers, right? I'm a fat fingered. And that yellow lantern, Slippery, too. That yellow lantern ring fits on my thumb. That's how big it is. Hmm. I think the ring promotion is fun. I think I mean it all depends on what the retailers are doing. I mean I've heard varying stories. And, some are selling them. Yeah, some some I've seen some where they're selling them. Some are requiring you to buy the books associated with them because they they need to buy fifty copies of Booster Gold in order to get the bag of blue rings or whatever. You know, so they're they're saying buy Booster Gold, get a ring. I can understand why they're doing that. My my store like gave them to me because I'm a regular customer. You know, I bought Booster Gold because I wanted to. I felt bad because he had to buy all that many. You know, stuff like that. But you know, like he's not adhering to the rules. You know. Uh, and some people are saying the rings are rare, and they're not. Like, they doubled what they sent retailers. So, I don't know, I think so it's So, what fun. you're saying is, if,
1: it's, if they're selling them, it's kind of a bitch move.
2: Yeah, yeah, selling yeah. it, yeah, don't buy these rings. that's yeah, a bitch move, yeah.
0: I, I literally have not even seen one. Yeah. I don't know. Josh, did they have them at your store? I got a Black Lantern ring a while ago, but I I,
1: I wasn't even... I wasn't paying attention until until it was already happening. So. Yeah, the blue ring's it was already on ba- your
0: finger. You were already
2: dead. The blue ring's pretty badass. You should wear them yeah. all to work and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, guys. Notice anything different today? I have hope on my hand. And then over here, I'm waving my left hand. Are you afraid? It's because it's yellow. Why are you talking like that, Ron? I'm not sure. I think these rings have a magical power. <laughs> Did I ever tell you why I hate the Irish?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Who's that small Asian guy? Oh, no! (laughs) Oh, this show is a disaster. I love it. So, I feel bad
0: for anybody whose first episode this is.
2: Yeah, this is a wacky one. So please, call- please
0: go back a- <laughs> one episode and listen to that one.
2: So, give us a call. Leave a voicemail. One eight 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 Fanboys is one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. We did I don't even warn know how you how long we've been going on. At this we point. did warn you at the top of the show that this would get would be a long one. It would be wacky. All right, I've so enough of the of time. Thank you, to everyone who's called in for the voicemails. I know last week we said we wanted you to call in. We still want you to call in. We got a whole bunch of them. Uh, keep calling them in. Keep them to about thirty seconds. Let us know who you are, where you're from, like To did and so and Meg and some of the other callers. So leave a voicemail one eight eight Fanboys one eight eight three two six two six nine seven. Oh wow, I just threw up a little in my mouth. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was probably. Do you have the red ring on? Yes, yeah, that it's, would be why. Is
2: the spitting the blood? <laughs>
1: I'm going to talk like this for the rest of the show. Probably.
2: It's a great voice. I like it. All right. Yeah. So hopefully you've all subscribed and are enjoying the iFanboy Talks Blow, Don't miss podcast, which comes out every Monday morning and features us talking to a creator, talking about a book that's coming out this week or th- yeah, this coming week on Wednesday. This week, uh, tomorrow, you can expect uh, to hear me talking to Robert Kirkman, our buddy uh, Kirkman for about 15 minutes, talking about Image United, number one. So, oh, hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> so go to iFanboy.com tomorrow to, to listen to that or to download it or go to iTunes and search for iFanboy boy don't miss and subscribe to the podcast don't miss out on
0: assuming you're listening to this on sunday
2: yes right Mm. so if you if you're listening to this on tuesday Go back and find it. Or
0: 2011. Yeah.
2: <laughs> then go, go to Google. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. So iFanboy, I about don't miss. Robert Kirkman comes out Monday. Check it out. We teased earlier in the show that if you like Star Wars, we've got something for you.
1: That's right, you candy asses. Listen up. In uh, two weeks, five iFanboy members are going to be getting a prize. You might be wondering what kind of prize you're getting. Well, we have several copies of Draw Star Wars Clone Wars to give away. And one of the five winners will get an autographed copy signed by Bonnie Burton. What she, is Draw uh, Star
2: Wars, Clone Wars?
1: I'm I'm gonna get it. It's next in the copy, okay. man. All right. Anyway. So on episode 213, the members, eligible iFanboy members, people who sign up for memberships, will be available, and we'll pick a bunch of those. You can get Draw Star Wars The Clone Wars, which is filled with tips, techniques, practice space, and translucent overlays to, to make you a master of drawing. You start with Stick figures, you move to basic shapes, finish up with the details, and you. And the thing is, it comes with the colored pencils and the black markers. It's got the, the, the equipment you need for drawing and, and, and playing around with it, which is actually kind of fun. So uh, look out for that. Uh, we'll have a link in the in the show notes to, with some more stuff about that. And uh, there you go. So, it's, so that... it's a
2: book, right? It's a book. You never actually said it's a book. So that's what I wanted to be clear. <laughs> what color
1: lantern is that?
2: <laughs> Black. <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs>
0: the jerk lantern. <laughs>
1: jerk lantern. You didn't even get into the spectrum. <laughs> it's like puce. Uh.
0: We'll be giving that away in two weeks, and that's December. And December is another giveaway month like we had in October. In October, we gave stuff to members in every episode of iFanboy's Pick a League podcast. And same is true for December. So you can check out iFanboy. In the next week, there's going to be a post showing all the fantastic prize packages we'll be giving away in December. And then you can check back every, with every episode of December to see if you've won, if you remember, And you've got to be a member. By Fanboy to win these so fabulous, so fabulous prizes.
2: Every week, every episode of December, we're giving away something up until mm-hmm. Christmas, right? That's, that's that, that is correct. That is See. awesome. So
1: guys, is this what it feels like to be on around comics? This kind of just disjointed. <laughs> it might be yeah. Madness.
2: This is actually a little more like eleven o'clock, to be honest with you. The disjointed oh. madness, but yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. I don't like it. I don't like it. So yeah. So like Connor said, you got to be a member in order to win those uh, giveaways. And if you go to ifambo.com forward slash store, you can become a member for four bucks a, a month or forty two dollars a year. It gets you a little prize pack with some buttons and uh, some stickers, as well as a comic from our collection, uh, which is you know pretty cool. And if you got a little more money, you can spend ten. Bucks a month or 100 bucks a year gets you that great prize pack as well as a, a iFanboy members t-shirt. Over in the iFanboy.com store you could also pick up the uh, Herm shirt. We've, we're running out of the second run of the Herm yeah, shirt. There are less so. than 20 shirts. Less than we're 20. we right, so. somewhere. Yeah. Yep. So get your Herm shirt while you can or the Power and Responsibility t-shirt that if you're liking Mark Wade on Spider-Man you might want to get a Power and Responsibility t-shirt. But we said a little earlier if you like Mike Norton you'd want to keep listening and this is where it tunes in. We are proud to announce that we are partnering with our good friend Mike Norton to bring you the first iFanboy limited edition creator special t shirt. And it's uh, a
1: long title, it is. <laughs> and
2: we are proud to present Mike Norton with an original piece of artwork on a t shirt a fantastic ringer t shirt in classic early 80s retro style featuring Mike's new character that he's unveiling here on iFanboy Battle Pug. If you know what that is, you're going to want to check that out. We're going to have the artwork up on this uh, on ifanboy.com. You can go pre-order the t-shirt now. But, yeah, we're really super excited. And you're going to want to keep on staying tuned because we're going to be working with creators to do these limited edition t-shirts. we got at least two more lined up over the next couple of months. So you're going to want to uh, save your pennies for these t-shirts.
0: And they're full-color. Full-color full art. Full-color t-shirts, yeah. No, full seriously, like
2: art. stop listening to the podcast now and go to ifanboy.com and look at this art because if you've been following us on Twitter, like we've been kind of hinting into it about the genius of Mike Norton he he really outdid himself with this.
1: Yeah. Yes, well, you could just listen to the rest of the show. Also, yeah, you could. Iffanboy.com is our website where we have rings. You can read the pick of the week review that Connor wrote and the comments that go underneath it, and you can read all the other stuff that goes on on the website. Lots of discussions this week. Lots of things went up. Lots of stuff to talk about. New writing goes up every single week. And there's uh, we I don't know if you've noticed, we've added some stuff. There's the covers post. There's Connor's. I don't. Excellent is not a good enough word for his greatest moments in comics history. Fantastic. You got a little serious uh, last, week, last week, Connor. What?
2: You a little. Well, the alias one was a little more. It wasn't humorous. It was just more. It was. Yes, more, it was. Oh, I didn't think it was that humorous. I thought
0: it was more like. Um,
2: he doesn't m- think you're funny, Connor. Moment in time. Do you stand for
0: this? Well, I was. I didn't make a joke. The cover, the panel itself was joke enough. Well, sure, no, but I thought your your commentary normally
2: was the joking. Your commentary was page one, panel one. You know, like it was more. Right. I felt it was more um, documenting. You know. I thought it was, it was just
0: it was a different kind of humor. It wasn't as obvious. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Yes. No. That got weird
1: for me, guys. Um,
0: <laughs> anyway. Are we in hour two yet? Uh, uh, not yet.
1: Almost. <laughs> iFanboy.com slash about. You can see our social networking links and connect with us on the internet, and you can you can see if you can recreate this awkwardness uh, on places like Twitter and Facebook. But seriously, iFanboy.com, there are people who listen to this and don't go to the site, and that is a, that's a damn shame.
2: Yep, so go to twitter.com oh, yeah. f- twitter.com forward slash iFanboy for great links, as well as we all of our tweets throughout the week, and you can check out creator uh, comics lists of retailers and creators and publishers and stuff like that. You can subscribe to them at twitter.com slash iFanboy.
1: Also the video show returns on December second.
0: You know, normally when the show goes this badly, yeah, it's because one or more of us is drunk.
2: <laughs> and and I'm and sober we're I'm stone, stone cold sober. Stone cold sober. <laughs> I- so Very figure tight. that one out. I'm Very on tight. two
0: hours sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, email us to contact at before we go out of business. Leave us a voicemail mail 888 fanboy 326 before we go out of business. Any comments, questions, or concerns, discussion topics, legal advice, for how to deal with Jim Lee's <laughs> army of lawyers?
2: Oh, he's going to crush us. Oh, fuck. Uh, I feel bad. I actually do. We're doomed. Yeah, um, there's a reason why we stopped those jokes. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. If you like us, go to iTunes and write a review. Hopefully not. You didn't base that decision on this show. Tell your friends about the weird crazy guys you listen to on the podcast for an hour and a half. Tell your mom. Spread the word. Don't follow the word mom with spread. <laughs> you're cloned mom.
1: Yeah, you're cloned hot mom. Oh, God. And classmate i think she likes me dude she looks like your mom but hot
0: <laughs> oh i'm oh. totally gonna watch that now <laughs> oh, honestly go back and listen to the, the previous week's show yeah really <laughs> that is more indicative of the normal show this one i don't know what the fuck happened. have you been drinking you at all connor i'm just t- totally sober that's so maybe unlike that's the you. problem
2: it's someone like you
0: yeah. i don't know what happened
2: oh my god well i don't know about you but i had fun <laughs>
0: I did too, guys.
2: <laughs> what ring are you wearing now?
1: I'm wearing indigo, but I have no idea what it's for. It's the fun ring. Indigo fun.
2: <laughs> is that the sluts? No, that that's pink? the pink. That's, that's pink, the sluts. Whatever. Right. What's indigo? Stupid.
1: No one knows what indigo is. By compassion. The jerks, it's right.
2: compassion. It's compassion. It's they, compassion. They talk in a weird language and carry a stick. They
0: put They're a like Babel, Teddy Roosevelt.
1: They put a Babel fish in their ear so other people can understand their weird language. <laughs> that's a hitchhiker's Guide joke because... Yes. Because apparently shit hadn't gotten nerdy enough. (laughs) Until next week, (laughs) hopefully, I'm Ron.
0: I'm Connor. And I'm a Red Lantern. Um so um who's taking that mess? The hot
2: mess.
1: That I'll, I'll take fancy. it
0: if, Ron if you do the murmur show.
2: Um I'll buy that for a dollar. All right. All right. I mean I could do I could do this one too if you want to do the murmur show.
0: I'll do this one. I'll do it tonight.
2: Okay. All right then. You can have this mess. Yeah, send me hot,
0: the mess. Hot mess.